Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, the future of the Guardians of the Galaxy, the best and worst of Comic-Con, and are there too many sequels at the movies? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Yes, everyone, we're back, and we're back strong. Once again, it's the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald from Pop Culture Cosmos and GameSource. We truly appreciate you checking out all of our great programming. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is the four-star general of Humanica Media, you can check out everything that they're doing today at humanicamedia.com, Humanica Media on YouTube, and all of their great podcasts now available on many different outlets, including Podbean. It's my good friend. It's Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Hey, 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 man. How's it going? Busy weekend for us in pop culture because Comic-Con reigns supreme and some other surprise news as well, but we'll get in that in a moment if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is going to be a great show we have for you today. We've got Rob McCallum standing by in the Cosmic Crossfire. He is going to weigh in with his thoughts now that Disney has had the way cleared for them to go ahead and acquire a lot of the Fox properties. He's going to be talking about his thoughts on their future and what's going on maybe with some of the things that might be added in and some of the things that might be left out and the future for Disney when it comes to all those Fox properties. Plus, Josh and I are going to be talking about what we thought was the best and not-so-best things out of Comic-Con, some of the trailers that are out there. If you missed any part of Comic-Con and you need a listing of, of all the great stuff that happened there, check us out on Facebook or Twitter at Pop Culture Cosmos. And you'll see in the news feed all the latest news and also the links to trailers as well for all the major events that happened during the course of Comic-Con this past weekend. Plus, Josh and I are going to be talking as well about all the sequels that are out. Is there too many sequels now being made? Is there, is there not enough original ideas out there? We're going to delve more into that issue later on in the program as well. But first what we thought was going to be the number one story when it comes to pop culture this weekend, Comic-Con, got pushed back a little bit due to a controversy in regards to another pop culture property that is very popular out there, and that's Marvel. Because unfortunately, this past weekend saw Disney having to let go director James Gunn from, from continuing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 
the sequel to, I guess, what you could say is a first two big hits in the series, and that's been a, a just a, a great part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which he's helped write and also direct. He was in the process of writing and also going to be directing on this version of it as well. But unfortunately, due to some tweets found in his past, before his days at Marvel, his days writing and directing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, as of now, look to be done. Josh, I want to get your thoughts on this, starting off with your initial reaction when you heard Disney just laid down the axe, and, and unfortunately, due to what happened, again, another social media tragedy, Twitter strikes again as Disney lets go of James Gunn. I don't want to say anything controversial here, even though I do, but I think it's stupid. Honestly, like, let he who's without blame cast the first stone, you know? We all say things, we all joke about things, we've all said things we regret, and the worst part about this is that between yesterday when the news broke and the back when the first tweet went out he has apologized four times for those tweets yes he should have gone back and deleted them i mean that's on him but it's just we've become i don't know it's a system of petty journalism like the guy that you know that ousted him for these things he was he's part of the daily caller they're like they're a, a fringe republican publication so this is what journalism has become no one wants to report the news anymore they just want to get other people in trouble or get them kicked off the air fox news cnn whatever whoever you work for a new york post huffington post whatever that's it's just this is what it's become you know back when we were taking classes the most important thing was integrity you know uh non-biased newscasting and if you're going to slander somebody which they told us not to do you need to have sufficient evidence to back it up unfortunately you don't need sufficient evidence these days you need two or three tweets and that's what's going to get you in trouble and i know that i'm not the only person who thinks that this is dumb i understand why disney did it i get it i totally get it because they, it was kind of a knee-jerk reaction and their hands were tied they had to do something to show that they don't support that but at the same time i think that if they didn't fire james gunn they would have been just fine they would have had a few weeks of listening to people you know have their opinions about it but in the end they would have been just fine and i know that even like dave batista wasn't happy about it, neither was sean gunn and like it's and numerous other celebrities out there were at comic-con or out there in the social media land were voicing their opinion of support for James Gunn to try and get him reinstated as director and, and reaching out to Disney and saying, hey, this was wrong. What he did was not exactly the greatest thing in the world and it was reprehensible, but please, you need to give him a second chance because this was done a long time ago before he became the individual that he is now. And please reconsider the firing that you did on James Gunn. I think that was pretty much a lot of people said that out there in fact petitions have already been started and he is so not i don't want to say vital but like he has such a big part in developing the cosmic side of the marvel universe and even like he wrote the guardians of the galaxy scripts and he even had a hand in infinity war it blows my mind that they're willing to throw away somebody who makes them so much money where's the standard you know it's such a gray area it i just it bothers me man well, he made himself a target, unfortunately, in today's social media age with his opinions on certain individuals out there. Unfortunately, it got other individuals that had an agenda 
that they didn't like James Gunn continually spouting off against. So it motivated them to go and look back into all these tweets that he did until they found ones that they could use against him. And so you're right. It was his fault for not deleting those tweets or apologizing for them at a maybe a sooner point in time and just forgetting about them and just leaving them out there for somebody to go ahead and use against him. But still, I agree with you. I think there, there should have been some other form of punishment than to take him away from something that makes so much more sense by leaving him in there because he's so vital to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that makes so many people out there so happy and, and something to look forward to. When it comes to what he did, he did wrong, and those are just absolutely terrible things that he said and, and was joking about in those tweets from a long time ago. But everybody deserves a second chance. I believe he does, and I believe it's very sad to see what happened happened to him. You're right. Disney felt like they had their hands tied, and they felt like they, they had to make this maneuver. And unfortunately, some individuals that really had a dark agenda, they end up winning on this occasion. But you never know. There, there might be a strong enough voice out there from people that could get him back in good graces with Disney and hopefully rehired to either do this project or another project down the road again. I hope so. It's just, it's so petty, man. Like it breaks my heart that this is what the media has become. Just people going after each other and everyone's like, Oh, what about the Roseanne bar thing? And I, I get it and I don't get it, but it's that Roseanne stuff was a lot more recent, but his like James Gunn, this was 10 years ago. And like you, you change people do change and he even like went out onto twitter and said that like he changed as an individual while making these these films and you know i don't know if that's true or not but at the same time it's we have all made coarse and bad jokes on social media it's just it's it's petty that we're going back and wanting to hold somebody accountable for something they said 10 years ago that's like you know going back and finding someone's MySpace page as a teenager and saying, oh, well, you said this here, here, and here, and then they're like 30 now. So it's just, it, it's baffling, man. But I'd like to see something similar that was done as Major League Baseball did with Josh Hader of the Milwaukee Brewers. He posted some offensive tweets many years ago as a teenager that have just come to light, of course, similar to what happened with James Gunn. and. No, he wasn't suspended. No, he wasn't kicked out of baseball. He actually was notified by Major League Baseball that he will be receiving counseling, extended classes, and sensitivity training that will help him become a better person down the road. He has apologized, like James Gunn, on more than one occasion already for his past transgressions. And it looks like Major League Baseball is saying, hey, that was in the past. That was many years ago. We're not going to hold it against you now, but we're going to help you become a better person down the road. Disney, I think, should follow that same sort of path because those tweets were so long ago. They were still wrong any which way you cut it. But I think he should not have been removed as the director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I think he should have kept his job and provided the same type of sensitivity training that Major League Baseball is going to do to hopefully help him down a better path that he was already going down already. Yeah, again, though, like even with the behavior management, whatever it is, like if that's still if you're having to go to something like that for something you did so many years ago, it still seems a little off to me. But yeah, Disney's 
reaction to James Gunn was a little harsh. You know, I again, I see why they did it, but at the same time, you know, the, I'm sure a lot of people who work for Disney and people in Hollywood in general have done a lot worse things and, you know, received very little backlash for it. But this leads to a bigger question, my friend, when it comes to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 itself and where it will now fall. I know that there is a possibility that it could keep its 2020 projected release year and just add on a different director. We don't know how far along James Gunn's script was or if they're going to keep it or if they're just going to throw it out and how long it would take a new writer to come in and do that. I know names are being bandied about. Like I said, at this point in time, there could be any other number of things that could be happening, even a push-up of movies such as Doctor Strange 2, Black Panther 2, even a movie like the Black Widow movie, which has just gotten a director and a script is probably coming not too far behind beyond that. What are your thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 keeping its release date sometime in 2020? Do you think that's still a wise move in just getting a new director, writer, what have you? Or do you see one of these other movies in the MCU maybe swapping places with it or taking its place entirely? I see it keeping its spot because it already has a lot of hype. And like it's one thing a movie like Inhumans to say, hey, we're taking this off the bill or we're pushing it back. And, you know, they ended up making that into a TV movie. But Guardians of the Galaxy is already so big. You know, there's action figures got to ride at Disneyland. It's just it's something that once it's announced, it's going to start building momentum regardless. So they're going to either have to I don't know if it's likely James Gunn will get his job back, but they'll have to fill his shoes pretty quickly because I imagine that it was announced where it was because they have a plan for what's coming next. So if they end up moving it, then, you know, that just goes to show maybe it's not vital to what's coming next. But if it is, and I know Marvel doesn't do anything lightly, there's probably a reason that it's coming out when it is. Well, you got to remember Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was in a May placeholder spot for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and is thought of in that May slot as the big Marvel Cinematic Universe release of the year, even though, hey, Black Panther did such a great job in the February timeline. But be that as it may, when Marvel usually puts out a movie in May, they expect that to be probably the biggest hit of their year. So if Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was being planned for a 2020 release, it most likely would have fallen into that timeline and been a May release like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So we'll have to wait and see what's going on there. I personally think if there's too much commotion if there is some maybe back and forth on the decision making either reinstating james gunn or possibly bringing in another director outside the marvel cinematic universe or from within the marvel cinematic universe the russo brothers what have you i still think maybe holding it off for for a little while longer isn't such a bad idea maybe to get a little bit of breathing space and maybe even give a chance to give the collective group out there a chance to go ahead and accept James Gunn fully back in the saddle again as a director or getting someone else maybe fully vested into the project. I know there are other projects underway. Like I mentioned, the Black Widow movie, that doesn't have any type of slot or any type of time frame as yet. But I know that there has been inferences already by Kevin Feige at Marvel that this Black Widow movie may lead into something larger, Captain Marvel movie, a Black Widow movie. 
and other female driven superhero movies will lead into sort of like a female version of the Avengers at some point in time. So maybe if that is put in its place for now, that could start that process a little bit sooner after Captain Marvel comes out next year as well. So I don't know. It's, it's either which way. It's, it's still a great thing to have at Marvel Cinematic Universe when you have this deep, rich history of proven commodities that you could draw from in case there's a situation like this and GOTG Volume 3 is not ready to go. But I agree with you for the most part. I think the solid money is on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 keeping its slot within the Marvel Cinematic Universe sometime in 2020. Not confirmed, but I would probably assume it would be the big release in May, but that we'll have to wait and see on that. Even if it gets pushed back to a winter or fall release, that could be a possibility as well. But for right now, it looks kind of iffy if James Gunn is going to be returning back to the prominent role he's had in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because for now, it looks like it's very much in question. What are your thoughts on James Gunn getting removed as director and writer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 due to some inappropriate tweets made many years ago on Twitter? Share us your thoughts. Do you want him to come back and be director and writer again? Or do you want him off the project because of what was said before was so offensive you find that you're not going to be forgiving of if Disney goes ahead and reinstates him back into this project? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, and yes, on Twitter as well. Well, Josh, we've got a great show, like I said, coming up for everyone out there. We've got Rob McCallum standing by in the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire. He's going to be talking about Disney himself because Disney, again, like we were talking about last week, just got their way paved clear for them in acquiring the Fox properties that they've so long been wanting to get, including the Marvel ones that they have now got their hands fully on in the X-Men, Fantastic Four, and others. Plus, also as well, Josh and I will be breaking down Comic-Con in the second half of the hour and also talking about the battle of the sequels at the box office. It was a big weekend for sequels. Is it too much? Do we need to see more original ideas? We're going to be talking about that and more. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back with another episode of the Cosmic Crossfire. It's Gerald coming right back at you once again. But it wouldn't be a Cosmic Crossfire without my good friend. He is the man of all tricks when it comes to Rob McCallum films. You got to check out everything that he's doing. <laughs> he's doing quite a bit at robmccallumfilms.com. 
Rob McCallum Films on Facebook, and Rob McZob on Twitter. He's my good friend. He is the man, the myth, the legend. It's Rob McCallum. What's going on, man? Busy week for you, as always. Yeah, that's uh, the, the go-to intro, isn't it? Busy, busy, busy. Lots of different things going on. I don't know when it's going to be different. <laughs> it's it's all the same in, in, in this neck of the woods so far right now. So we'll just trying to get caught up as we're, we find ourselves, you know, in the middle of the summer. It's Comic-Con weekend. It's like that midpoint of the pop culture year, right? You know, the all-star game for MLB is like around the same time. So it's a good chance to take kind of stake of what's going on. And you get a, an event like San Diego Comic-Con that usually drops a bunch of news and kind of forecasts the next quarter and a half of what we can expect to see as we head to the final stretch of the year. So busy going into it and busy coming out of it from, from my point of view. Absolutely. And there's so much more going on around in pop culture, sports, and the whole nine yards. I couldn't agree with you more. But we're here to talk pop culture, and you're the man to talk to, as always, about it. So pray tell, Rob, what's on your mind when it comes to pop culture? The excitement that everybody can finally have and start developing and let those fanboy dreams run wild because Comcast has finally and officially announced they are not pursuing any of the 20th, 21st century Fox assets anymore other than their continuing bid to, to acquire Sky in the UK. I'll stop you right there. I too have an issue and have a problem trying to say 21st century Fox. I just will get that out there myself. It's weird because I've watched like three films in the last four days from 20th century Fox because the logo's there. But now the company is 21st century Fox. So yeah, they're not acquiring the, the 20th century Fox films from the 21st century Fox library and TV stuff. Exactly. That's just ridiculous. But So the fanboy uh, hopes and dreams can commence because, of course, I'm talking about Marvel Universe's colliding X-Men, Fantastic Four, maybe in some scenario. We talked about that on a previous episode. But Marvel now has a few more assets in their library whenever the deal is officially done. It's been approved by Murdoch, and it's going to happen. And it's probably going to be a year or two to get everything ironed out and figure out what things are still in place and how Disney will happen and get involved with it. But it's happening. Although I am excited very much about the X-Men and all that coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Fantastic Four, possibly getting uh, some new love that will actually substantiate you know, a lot of people's claims on, on how great they are as superheroes. But I am more interested in the rest of the library and how that is going to be utilized because we've seen already when it comes to the whole Lucasfilm assets as far as we, Star Wars has been focused on, focused on, focused on. Yet we see Indiana Jones, which is this nice property, get pushed and shoved and shoved to the corner. And it's actually been delayed again last week until 2021, if I'm not mistaken. So it's, I don't know, it's just, man, it's just, it's, it's just hard to see the way that they're going to be able to efficiently and profitably utilize all those other properties that would would you see them actually selling them off or would you actually see them being able to go ahead and somehow properly utilizing it whether it's on the big screen or for their own streaming service or other streaming services it all depends in the way that they want to keep control of things right i mean uh we saw from the lovely movie the founder starring michael keaton some of the early troubles that mcdonald's had was 
managing all the different franchisees and is in the different states and the different cultures and regions because they all had different things that they appealed to them and mcdonald's vision was very clear cut like standardized didn't matter where you were and people like to do their own thing outside of that cookie cutter approach so can disney bring all these new things in and still keep it under the same creative control umbrella that has made the marvel cinematic universe what it is today can they expand that quickly or is it just going to be held and shelved until it can be properly assimilated into the pipeline? That's a tough question, my friend. I think we're only going to be able to find out the answer within what, maybe a five to 10 year span when we actually will see a lot of these properties in some form or fashion, but there will also be a lot more that Disney is going to leave behind, which may deserve some love as well but for some reason disney may not see it as a profitable enough property for it to be released in any form or fashion yeah it's going to be interesting to see what they want to do with this i would hate to see like the x-men and everything fox relegated to an only like a streaming site or like the a characters are the only things that make it on the big screen and the b characters are what make it on the streaming service because obviously you want people to go to the streaming service I, i i tell you this it's a problem i'm lucky i don't have to solve And one that I get to sit back from a position of criticism and poke holes at because I don't think there's an easy solution for anything. No, no, there is no easy solution to this. But the other franchises within the realm, like the Alien franchise and and everything else that Fox has produced that may or may not be the actual, uh, I guess, uh, choice or affinity of disney at this point in time their statuses are very much up in question as far as a relative future for those outlets those identities those characters those those things that a lot of people have enjoyed over the years that may or may not be a part of disney's future what i guess i'm I'm, I'm most curious about isn't what they're going to do with what exists it's what they're going to do going forward how is disney going to wield their power going forward with one less studio to compete against This is the thing that we always caution against, right? Like it's one less place for filmmakers to go to get the green light, to get their scripts made. What is going to be the outcome of that? Will Disney make less original stuff because they have so much more IP that they can draw upon? Or will they continue to make original stuff knowing that they can balance it out with the IP that they have? So the output that gets created every year is I think the thing that's going to be most interesting to see. Will we have the same number of films output from Disney alone versus Disney and Fox. You know what I mean? Like, like if we have 20 films from Disney and 20 films from Fox every year, will we still get 40 films or where are we only going to get 20 films or 25 films now? I would probably say it's the latter. I probably say you're going to get maybe 25 to 30 and you're not going to get the same kind of amount that, that Fox and Disney because Disney obviously worries about oversaturation. In fact, we're seeing it now this year when it comes to oversaturation with what happened to a wrinkle in time and solo a star Wars story where basically one Disney movie bleeded over another and you ended up having issues financially with those two not panning out. Although there were some other outlining reasons for, especially Solo as well. Just because Fox is no longer going to be in that realm doesn't mean there's going to be other entities taking its place. You see what's going on with Amazon. You see what's going on with Netflix. And those studios are becoming larger and larger by the day. We didn't even get to Apple very much with the Oprah deal and what they're going to be doing down the road. 
Google could really put their dollars into it and gain a larger following with their all of their Android services and YouTube Red streaming service do something there as well. So yes, Fox is, is pretty much out of the loop at this point in time, but that doesn't mean Disney has can rest on its laurels and oversaturate itself because there's a lot of other individuals that are going to be coming up with a lot of quality things that will take Fox's place as a premier studio in Hollywood at this point in time. The programming is still abound, as you and I spoke about before. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. If Fox does the right steps, it could be big. If they if they do the right things, it'll work out for them. To paraphrase my good friend, Gerald Glassford, if they do the right things, it'll work out. Okay, so I take an e-ticket every now and then to cliche land. Do you have to go ahead and rub it in? No, it's just, <laughs> it's just like saying, you know... 50-50 chance. It could work out. It could not work out. All right, fine. <laughs> That'll do it for another episode of the Cosmic Crossfire. Let us know your thoughts. Where can they uh, reach out to us? Oh, you online bully you. They can reach out to us at popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Rob McCallum Films on Facebook and at Rob McZob on Twitter. Rob, as always, even though we're online bullying each other, it's been great talking to you, my friend. And I hope to talk to you soon on everything that went on at Comic-Con and everything that's going on in pop culture. Because as you said, not only you are busy, but everything else as well. You want to give us an update before we head on out? No, I don't. Okay. There's, too, there's not enough time to do an update. I got to get back at it. Things are in the works. It's just talk until there's something out there. I will say today marks the five-year anniversary from day one of production on Nintendo Quest. So that's kind of cool. Well, then happy anniversary to you indeed, my friend. It is a great film and people have got to check it out. They've got to either rent it or go ahead, buy it today at robmccallumfilms.com. Rob, as always, my friend, it's great talking to you. All kidding aside, truly appreciate the time you take for us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos and, of course, the Cosmic Crossfire. Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. And we are back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. Thank you so much for keeping in touch with us right here on the show. If you need a listing of everywhere we're at, well, almost everywhere anyways, because we're on so many different outlets. We're on radio seven days a week on online radio and over the air. Also as well, we're on over 30 different podcast networks. If you need a listing where we're at on many of these places, Check us out on our social media page, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, also as well, Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter. Josh, you have got a great thing going on with Humanity Media, all the great stuff that you're doing, all the videos and podcasts. Share us your thoughts, man. What's going on with Humanity Media? Dropping a new topic, Ocalypse, tomorrow morning. Go online right now on the old YouTube page and check out some 
sweet, sweet game trailers, as well as an interview with Rin Vickers over NASCAR. There's going to be some new stuff that Gerald and I did popping up here this week. Also, we're on the Podcast Radio Network. What time is that at, Gerald? You're on the Podcast Radio Network with Attack of the Mannequins at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, where we're on our shows for the Pop Culture Cosmos and PCC Multiverse every Monday and Friday as well. There we go. There we go, indeed. Josh, it was another great weekend at San Diego Comic-Con 2018. I'll tell you what, my friend, a lot of great things went down, a lot of great panels, everybody running from hall to hall, waiting in lines, getting the collectibles, all that great stuff that I wish I could be a part of, man. And hopefully someday will be, by the way. But my friend, there was a lot of great trailers, a lot of great comments that were made, and a lot of great things that were shed to light in regards to a lot of famous and almost famous pop culture projects. Your thoughts on some of the the highlights that you feel were the big moments at San Diego Comic-Con this year. Just share your thoughts on what you really, really liked about San Diego Comic-Con this year. I was keeping an eye on the trailers. I'll be honest, I could care less about Sons of Anarchy stuff. I really didn't like that show the first time. The new anime thing going on Netflix by the Avatar guys, that looks okay. Titans look cool. That's for Titans, which is going to be a series that's going to be debuting on the DC streaming service. Right, right. Yes, we already talked about that. So yesterday they put out trailers for Shazam, Aquaman, Godzilla, and I think that was really the big ones that anyone cares about. Fantastic Beasts also as well. Okay, so let's, uh, well, let's break it down here. Shazam, what did you think of it? Shazam... It's supposed to go for a comedic, lighthearted touch as far as the superhero genre is concerned. I'm not in love with it. I didn't find it that great, but it might actually catch me at some point in time where with the right joke one or two on a future trailer down the road might actually get me more interested in it. I didn't dump on it per se, but I just don't think that it's a film that's got to be on my must-see list because I'm not really... I've not really been just wrapped up into it as of yet. I just didn't find it all consuming as far as that's concerned, just from the going from being a kid to all of a sudden he's Zachary Levi, just like that. And Shazam, because he says the word and all that. And I know it's meant to be lighthearted. I know it's meant to really have a great sense of humor, but I just don't really see that as of yet. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it is in the comic books, but like it or not, I am just excited to see that the DC extended universe is carrying on and they're, they're adding content to it because that was my big fear after justice league was that, you know, they're going to stop it altogether. I don't like how they they're calling their movie universe, like the worlds of DC or whatever, because I don't like the idea of making movies on different timelines. It's too much to keep track of. It's like, you know, all Marvel at Fox and Marvel all over the place. Like I have very little time to watch, stuff as it is so like i don't want to watch something that's not going to contribute to something you know especially when it comes to superhero stuff but shazam looks cool i like the idea it kind of reminds me of diary of a wimpy kid but as a superhero and so that's kind of a neat concept to me you know i want to know more about the villain in the uh in the movie and what what that's going to be all about because like what they showed us in the trailer is mostly like him discovering his powers and then kind of learning how to be a superhero, but they didn't really show us anything beyond that. So I'm excited to see more. But Aquaman, how do you feel about that one? That I thought was the big hit of Comic-Con. I really liked what that one showed off. Of the trailers that I watched, and I watched pretty much all of them, 
I think that one was the best for me. I think that one appealed to me most. I had the most questions about. I really liked Jason Momoa in the Justice League. I think he was one of the few positives you could find. In fact, I think the characters of the Justice League themselves, their interactions were pretty good. It's just the movie itself that they were in was really bad and made it for a, I guess, a lukewarm viewing experience overall. I, I mean, I can watch it, no problem. I'd love to see Zack Snyder's cut, but it looks like more and more after what happened this past weekend, it doesn't look like that's ever going to be the case. So at this point in time, I do like where they're headed with Aquaman. I think that could be a second hit after Wonder Woman in regards to something that the DC universe can rely upon, because I don't think Shazam, in my opinion, is going to be something that they're going to be looking to go ahead and build upon in that realm. I don't think it's going to get to where they need it to be, but I do think Aquaman can be a big hit for them if they play their cards right. I liked him. I liked him in the uh, the Justice League. I thought that the, having him sit on the lasso was kind of a nice touch. Because honestly, like the whole Batman thing with Ben Affleck, it's played out. Like you know, we saw Wonder Woman could succeed. I honestly feel like the only movie that can't succeed financially is going to be a Ben Affleck centered Batman film because we've seen Wonder Woman succeed. Like Man of Steel or not, it did make a decent amount of box office earnings. And then now we were getting to see the Aquaman movie. So if this does well, then I guarantee you it's only a matter of time before we see the Flash come about. And, you know, whatever happens after that, I think if the Aquaman and the Flash do well, we will see another Justice League film. And I think that's what everyone wants is to see Justice League done right instead of have it be a, uh, a butcher job like it was for the first one. I like Jason Momoa as an actor. I like him in the, the role of the character. And I like to see how it's all unfolding under the ocean like it looked like it has some really cool set pieces how much is going to take place on the mainland how much in the ocean we don't know but it definitely looks interesting i just hope that it's not over the top with the jokes because though he is a funny character you know we don't want it to be too much like marvel because that's always what set it apart was that it had a little darkness to it now, I know you didn't like, from a TV standpoint, Mayans MC, which is like we talked about the sequel to Sons of Anarchy, or spinoff from there, I should say. What were some of the TV aspects, before we get back into some of the movies that we really liked, or didn't like for that matter, what were some of the trailers for streaming programs or TV programs coming soon that you really liked this week and that may have you watching it down the road? All I saw were the CW ones, man. I, honestly, I'm not really too interested in those anymore because I can't keep up with them. How about Star Wars The Clone Wars being renewed for another season for the upcoming Disney streaming service? Uh, yes, it's a ploy. and People are going to just you know buy a year for that. But at least it will bring back the Star Wars The Clone Wars to maybe extend it a, what's been a very successful series for at least another season. I mean, I'm gonna I'll sit down and watch and Young Justice too. That's another one I'll probably sit down and watch. But you know, I'm not gonna be like waiting eagerly to see those because you know, like I said, I have very little time to watch TV, even on Netflix. Like just the fact that I got to sit down this week and watch Jessica Jones, like that's that never happens for me. So like, uh, I'll I'm gonna watch them, but it's not gonna be something I'm gonna be able to watch right away. So you'll probably know more about it than I do. But I do like the idea of being able to return to that world especially since it was left so far open and it became a victim of the uh you know disney axing everything that's not canon or you know calling it legacy or whatever you want to say 
I think as well, some promising trailers were for The Orville, which is still a guilty pleasure of mine, even though it gets a lot of flack from a critical standpoint. It's coming out with episodes at the end of this year, which is, I guess, maybe due to budgetary issues, CGI, or whatever they need to do to it. It won't start until the end of this year, but it looks like it's going to be another promising season on The Orville, which has been a good series for Seth MacFarlane and Fox. Plus also as well, Star Trek Discovery Season 2, they dropped a trailer with the advent of Christopher Pike from the original, original, original series of Star Trek being involved in this year's Star Trek Discovery. And he's going to be a major part of that, at least at this point in time going forward. So that was quite interesting. And, and how Spock is going to be related to actually what's going on in that realm that's also very important to what's going on in Star Trek Discovery Season 2. And so I'm I'm looking forward to watching that year after what was a pretty good first season for Star Trek Discovery. The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. I know you're not a big fan of it. I'm like hit miss all over. But as I was talking to Daphne Matthew, who runs one of the largest fan clubs for The Walking Dead, as I was talking to her earlier this year, Andrew Lincoln leaving the show is going to leave a big void and it's just you know the realization that what's going to happen is it starts with the actual trailer that was shown for the walking dead this past weekend and it's almost like anticlimactic because we already know he's going to be gone how is he going to be killed off the show is he just going to walk off the show that's pretty much the only guessing game at this point for me, the only right. other question is how many people are going to be lost as viewers once he walks out that door? Yeah, but don't you think that it's sad when a show has to announce that their lead is leaving far before it happens? It is sad that that happens, but I think there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes and what they're trying to do to keep that show alive, even though he is leaving, you know, so many others are leaving. Denai Gurira, her movie career is just taking off and she's being offered roles right and left. So she's probably not long for that show either. So to me, it's not going to be that much of a show worth watching at this point in time. And I think a lot of other people who haven't turned it off already are going to be doing so in the near future. But there are a lot of other great trailers, in my opinion, that were also there. What did you think of the Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald? What did you think of that trailer? Is it something that gets you excited? I know it got everybody in my house excited because they're big Harry Potter fans here. But what were your thoughts on the latest Fantastic Beasts trailer? Wait, wait, are you actually asking me a Harry Potter question and not Rob? I am asking you a Harry Potter question. I got to take this in for a minute. I never get to talk Harry Potter on this show. Why not? You're always welcome to, man. Because you always talk about in the crossfire. I just, uh, I, I thought that that was just a thing for you guys, but... Oh, man, he's a Harry Potter fan. My kids are a Harry Potter fan. My my wife's a Harry Potter fan. They're huge Harry Potter fans. I, I'm like a Harry Potter fanatic, man. I love that stuff. I I wish I was. That's all I can say. <laughs> Honestly, man, like it looks really good, and I like the idea of returning to Hogwarts just to, and seeing what it was like back then. I like the callback to the uh, the Bogart and the uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom. I think Jude Law did, did a great job as Dumbledore even in the trailers. And I don't know, like, you know, as far as that relationship goes with them, I know that he saw when he looked in the mirror of, uh, I forget what the mirror is called, but like you, he looked in the mirror and it shows you what you most desire. And it showed Grindelwald in there. And that's, that's what it is. Isn't it desire or it's, it's the word is, I think it's the word desire spelled backwards. 
Okay, yeah, that sounds right. Um, no, I like Ezrit. 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 Okay. Yep, that. something like that. You know, and I don't know at this point how you know risque Warner Brothers wants to get with as far as those types of themes go, and you know whatever in the future. But, but it's still going to make a lot of money. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I like the idea of keeping Newt involved by having Dumbledore send him after Grindelwald in his place because he doesn't want to uh, come face to face with him. And whether or not he does in the end of the movie, we don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting. But I like it had a lot of callbacks. You know, it had the. Uh, the creatures the the that pulled the horse's carriages it had lestrange the the girl that newt likes it has more creatures it has the the characters from the first one who we didn't think we got get to see again and kowalski like he is he's a fan favorite like anytime i i uh talk to me about the movie they always say that he, they like his character the best and i like how they brought the little platypus guy back and a very very old wizard as well yeah nicholas flamel yeah that was really cool and i like how they kind of alluded to the fact that hey this guy's been living thousands of years but you know of course he's going to be a little fragile so like when he goes to shake his hand he ends up breaking a piece of his finger or something like that that was a well-placed joke but yeah i'm honestly i'm super stoked about this movie i like the first one i know you weren't a huge fan but honestly just any time we get to return to this world i think is a real privilege and i was reading something on reddit saying that they're talking about one day they're probably already planning on like the Harry Potter reboots or whatever. But for now, I like the fact that they're even expanding more on this world that we've come to know and love and whether we're going to get more entries in the main series as far as Harry Potter goes himself. Who knows? You know, the your guess is as good as mine, but I like that they're taking us back and I like the characters that they've cultivated so far in this prequel series. There's also a lot of other great trailers that were coming up for Netflix. Netflix, again, makes a huge impression, not only getting the Simpsons creator, Matt Gronig, his new series, but like you were talking about earlier, the anime scene, new trailers for animated projects, anime projects, and sci-fi and, and a ton of other stuff. They made a big presence. I think they need to be talked about as one of the big winners of Comic-Con. But there's one last thing I want to talk to you about before we get to some of the duds, I think, of Comic-Con. And that was part of my last name, Glass, which is supposed to be the third in this trilogy of M. Night Shyamalan's line of films, starting with Unbreakable and then last year's Split. Your thoughts on Glass, because I also thought that was a really, really great trailer and has got me invested into not only revisiting unbreakable but also actually watching split as well yeah it looks interesting i'm curious are they going to introduce more powered people in this because it looks like they're kind of creating a superhero universe in themselves but it's more realistic and gritty and i guarantee you that though it was supposed to be a limited thing or actually it wasn't even supposed to happen but if this movie does well then they will make more. Well, he actually, in, in interviews this week, M. Night Shyamalan said that he actually had the ideas for this trilogy already at when he was doing Unbreakable, but that the critical reception of Unbreakable at that time kind of steered him away in a different artistic direction. I think that that movie was kind of ahead of its time, though. It just was not the kind of like how we look back at Disney movies like Atlantis and Treasure Planet and be like, those were good. They just kind of got released at the wrong times. I think that's what Unbreakable kind of fell victim to. If it came out today, I think we have enough film snobs in our society to be like, okay, that was a that was a decent flick. But you know, even now, people are going to go back and watch it. I guarantee you, they're going to go back and watch it. And their split had enough 
traction that this movie there's no way that this movie's not going to at least make its money back and that leaves us with some of the other things that were there at comic-con in fact if you really want to go ahead and see the listing of all the stuff that was going on at comic-con again check out pop culture cosmos on facebook and you'll get a listing of there or twitter as well some of the things that disappointed me still i'm not hooked into predator man and this is someone who has watched much of the predator movies in the past avp predator predator 2 predators i've seen those movies i just can't get into this man even watching the predator versus predator action sequence in the latest trailer that was shown off at comic-con i just couldn't get into that man what are your thoughts on the latest predator movie you know i'm never really excited about predator i like the franchise but it's not something i get stoked on to say like a new alien film like you remember how excited i was about alien covenant and how that oh yeah you know, you're just like kind of destroyed my idea of those movies but predator like i like it you know, and I'll, I'll go see it. I'll definitely, I'll, I've seen all of them in theaters, but like, it's just something I never really was too excited about. And I know you have fond memories of Predator too, but as you know, as a whole, like the franchise is just something that I like existing, but I don't get super excited about it. You know, as for this one, I think it looks fun. It looks like it's a movie that it's the same formula as it always is though. You know, you have a creature, a bunch of Marines running around, you know, there's obviously going to be some attractive women in there too. Some people are going to die. There's going to be some spine pooling. And then we're going to have a predator versus predator scenario, kind of like we had the alien versus predator scenario in uh, AVP. But uh, I don't know, man. How much more life do you think they can squeeze out of that franchise? I think this is a big key, especially with the Fox properties being acquired by Disney. I think at this point in time, if it doesn't become a hit, then it's going to be pushed way into the back library of the fox properties i don't think it's going to be a hit you know you've got a storyline which i don't know lends itself to something similar that we're seeing in venom and that's another issue entirely i'm still not hooked on venom but we've gone around and around with that and and seeing that the venom is is still something that we're not interested in but predators it's just something that i'm not a big fan of at this point in time, but I want to see something more before I definitely say I'm going to wait for this movie to hit just television and streaming markets. One more thing that really stuck out to me again, Venom was just did not show off very well at Comic Con either. But there's one more thing I really wanted to talk to you about that I, was a kind of a negative for me as well, and that was Godzilla King of the Monsters. This trailer that dropped during Comic Con, like Shazam, and also like like I was talking about with Predator just it's not doing it for me man it just seems like it's another issue where you get these big monster movies and for the most part they just do not really hit on all cylinders i know they're trying to create a universe i know they're trying to get king kong together with godzilla and have them battle out an eventual movie that's going to take place down the road but your thoughts on godzilla king of the monsters because it really didn't do for me as well it doesn't make sense We've seen enough Jurassic Park movies to know, and even in that timeline, Jurassic Park movies have to exist, and they have to have seen them and be like, this is a stupid idea. What would Michael Crichton say about this? It looks unnecessary. Like, it looks, the last Godzilla was good because, you know, he'd been slumbering, he came back. It wasn't someone going, hey, let's seek these creatures out and let's let them loose. Like, that feels pointless to me. Like, it just, I don't get it. And I really want to give it the benefit of the doubt because I want to see the whole, I want to see Godzilla take on King Kong. But at the same time, how much of these movies are just 
trying to appeal to people's love of destruction and when the story get tossed out the window exactly and if they want to continue making this into a movie franchise and movie universe like they're planning on doing they've got to make it more appealing to audiences being a generic movie that you know we've seen from the original reboot of godzilla become a dud at the box office that really just didn't hold water very well at, at that point in time. But there was a lot to see and talk about when it comes to Comic-Con. Again, if you need all the latest updates, check us out on all of our social media and you'll see on our newsfeed all the trailers and all the news that came down, whether it's Jodie Whittaker as the new Doctor Who, whether it's, like I, like I was talking about earlier, Matt Groening's new series for Netflix, Disenchantment, whether it's Steven Universe, whether it's uh, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, whether it's Adventure Time, whether it's The Purge, the TV show, whether it's Supernatural, Origin, it's so much more. There's numerous, numerous videos that you got to check out, and uh, you can find all of that at our site at Pop Culture Cosmos. What were your thoughts on Comic-Con? What'd you like? What you didn't like? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. Coming up right after the break, we've got our thoughts on the weekend at the box office. A lot of twos coming your way when we're talking, and, and we're asked the question, because there's so many sequels out there, is there not enough original movies out there to compete with all these sequels and all these franchises? Because at this point in time, it looks like it's more and more on the way. Does this bother you or does this bother us? We're going to answer with our thoughts right after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Mm, nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten-free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. Pop Culture Cosmos listeners, Act now and get 15% off your order just by entering the promo code POD1, that's P-O-D, and the number one at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald, once again, coming right back at you to close out the show. Josh, uh, it was a pretty good weekend for the box office. Here domestically, I can tell you the Equalizer 2 and Mamma Mia 2, just neck and neck, both earning right around $35 million here domestically. I know there's a lot of talk about Incredibles 2 doing even more worldwide. It's, it's growing. It's, it's getting uh, into region after region and doing well. It's getting closer to a billion dollars on its own worldwide. You also have Hotel Transylvania 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp. They're all doing great. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is still doing strong at the box office as well worldwide, earning a billion dollars on its own. All those movies I mentioned, except for Hotel Transylvania 3, are number two movies in their collective franchises. And Hotel Transylvania 3 is a sequel of a sequel. So I ask you, my friend, 
when the first top six movies here domestically in the U.S. at the box office are all sequels and not original movies, what does that say about us as individuals watching? And does something need to change? Because, you know, most of these movies were very good. We enjoyed them. But when it's not original properties, to that extent, I feel that that's a problem as far as release dates, movie companies not having their priorities straight about original programming. I think they would rather put money into something that they either know or believe strongly that is going to get a return rather than take a chance on a new IP or even, you know, even an older IP such as Blade Runner. But there is no originality, man. It's either reboots or sequels. And even like the original movies aren't really original. They're like rom-coms based on already established rom-coms you know it's not like there's not really a lot of originality out there the last i guess sort of original concept to come out was annihilation and that got just annihilated at the box office so it's there hasn't been a a lot of hope for original ips or new ips or whatever out there because they just people i'll say this i think a quiet place was original i think a quiet place had a lot of good ideas in it and it did become a box office success but look at the star power behind that. Look how everyone loves John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Yeah, everybody loves them. And that was kind of a I'm talking about original things from relatively new directors and new writers. Like we have a generation of filmmakers that's not going to get a chance to make a name for themselves in Hollywood because, you know, like you said, we're we're stuck in a. uh you know, behind a wall of non-original ideas or, you know, pre-existing star power. I said the first top six were all sequels upon sequels upon sequels and all that. It's actually, when you consider the top 10 here domestically in the U.S., it's actually eight of the first 10 are actual sequels from previous movie iterations. So originality, man, seems to be going out the window And it seems to be the safe bet for these movie companies and these film studios to just go ahead and make these safe choices on everything that's going out there. Well, okay, it worked the first time, so let's just do it over again in a little bit different format. Okay, well, this worked well the first time. Let's just go ahead and rinse and repeat. This is fine in so many ways. Yes, I was excited for Incredibles 2, and I did think it was a very, very, very good movie. It's one of my picks of the year so far. I cannot say otherwise. Ant-Man and the Wasp, a really solid movie. I recommend it wholeheartedly. The Equalizer 2 has gotten a A rating so far, so it's it's obviously going to have strong word of mouth. So is Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, already over a billion dollars. You know, you really can't say anything wrong about these sequels. It's just the fact that they are sequels kind of makes it a little bit, uh, kind of gives you a little bit of pause because it's something familiar and that's why you're going to see it. But I think, Josh, you and I really get a kick out of something when we see something original that is really got a lot of thought put into it and really makes our day as far as having something worthwhile that is original that we haven't seen before as an audience. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's why the indie scene is going to prevail as far as that goes. Indie indie movies going straight to on-demand. There's a lot of good stuff out there that we just don't hear about because you know you don't see the trailers while going to the movies and whatnot. But yeah, I, I honestly feel like the future of the film industry as far as storytelling goes is going to go to the indie makers. Couldn't agree with you more, my friend. 
I think there are too many sequels, but as long as they're made with, with a lot of care and a lot of thought, they are safer bets for these movie studios. And with the money that's involved in making them, I guess I really can't blame them for doing that. What are your thoughts out there on sequels out there in Hollywood? Are there too many of them going around? Are you into the fact that you'd like to see more original concepts hit the big screen? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. My friend, it's been another great episode. 99 of these Pop Culture Cosmos shows we've done. 100 is next week. It's so special to us that I'm going to actually be there live with you and record it just right there with you, my friend. So I'm truly looking forward to it. I'm really excited. That's coming up next week on Pop Culture Cosmos, episode 100. But we've also got our Friday show as well. We're going to be talking a lot about all the great things going on with Mission Impossible Fallout coming soon, my friend, and and even more pop culture news on the way. Yep, it'll be a good time. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. What is the Geekly Oddcast? It's a panel show of television. I mean, seriously, where else was I supposed to go and watch Gomez Adams ride a rocket ship on a railroad track? Gaming. And the dice say... 17. Oh my god, 17 is Mystic Quest. And whatever comes to mind. Why does Zod need a starship? Alternating Thursdays on the Geekly Oddcast. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.